here today um, because it is a significant celebration, a significant person we remember at this time of year, the life of Emily Gamlin and also the table of the king. So each year we celebrate two feast days to honor our heritage and strengthen our understanding of how that heritage informs the work of our ministry today. Each spring we celebrate St. Joseph Day to honor the legacy of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange. And this week we celebrate Emily Gamlin, the founder of the Sisters of Providence as we celebrate the Table of the King. As we celebrate the Table of the King, may we consider our own life and the life of our ministry. As we shape the stories of our time, how can we tell the stories and celebrate the work of our caregivers, what they do every day in healing those who come to us for care? So thank you for taking the time with your teams to reflect on our mission and values as we celebrate Emily Gamlin and the Table of the King. Jack Shea, a notable storyteller and mission formator says, Quote, stories shape our lives and demonstrate what we value. History is what happened, but heritage is the meaning we give to it. We share our founders' stories to inspire us as we live the mission in our time. And so we begin. Emily Gamlin was born in Montreal, Canada on February 19, 1800, the youngest of 15 children. Orphaned young and raised by her aunt, Emily felt drawn from an early age to work with the poor and disadvantaged. When her brother was widowed, the 18-year-old Emily went to help him with one condition. Their table would always be open to the hungry who came to the door. And this she called the table of the king. For Emily truly saw Jesus in the face of the poor, and certainly over time, the people of Montreal saw the face of Jesus in Emily and all of her volunteers and then of the Sisters of Providence who followed thereafter. In 1823, Emily married Jean-Baptiste Gamlin, a wealthy and pious apple farmer. Together they had three sons, all of whom died as children, as well as their husbands in their first five years of marriage. Emily's life is a record of one who achieved success in the face of seemingly insurmountable obstacles. She rose from the depths of her suffering to turn to our mother of sorrows for comfort and courage. She was inspired to minister to the weaker members, the poor, the orphaned, the sick, the aged, the deaf, and those suffering from mental illness. When Emily died in 1851, after a decade of labor under fire and plague, during civil war and misunderstanding, her community had grown from seven to 49 sisters and the religious community flourished afterwards and has served throughout the world. Such has been the outcome of a spirit which began with the disbursement of alms and food from her own kitchen, her first work as a hostess at the table of the king. And it was in 1843 that Emily made a prayerful decision to join the religious community that had been established by Bishop Bourget of Montreal to continue the works begun by her. And Emily became the Superior General of the religious community that later became known as the Sisters of Providence. The new community faced many trials. There were always problems of funds and resources and disease thinned their ranks, but the community survived. 
from these modest beginnings, the life of Emily Gamlin has served as a model for over 6,000 women who have joined the Sisters of Providence Religious Community, serving throughout the years in Canada, the United States, Chile, Argentina, Haiti, Cameroon, Egypt, the Philippines, and El Salvador. Humility, simplicity, charity were Emily's last words to the sisters. These words guide all who continue the mission of Providence today. Mother Gamlin was beatified by Pope John Paul II in 2001, receiving the title of Blessed Emily Gamlin. Beatification is Catholicism's second of three main steps in the process of proclaiming a person a saint. So as we gather today, we invite you to settle in and breathe and be present. Listen to your own heart's calling and hear how these stories resonate in today's times. We know that we live in a time of change and yet our mission transcends all time. We offer this prayer to frame our time together. Like Emily, we believe that faith, hope, and love will guide our way forward. And so we pray this prayer for times of change by Evelyn Chalice. O oh God, in times of change, be the anchor that we seek. Give us confidence to trust that you accompany us wherever we journey that your love is like the steady rhythm of the ocean, ceaseless and dependable, that high tide and low does not diminish the landscape, but brings treasures unique to the cadence of the sea. May we seek and find those gifts, especially the sustaining presence of peace that allows us to place anxiety aside, experience change as opportunity, and see fresh designs emerge in the landscape of our hearts and in the landscape of our lives. Amen. As you listen to this story, can you identify your own gifts and how you're offering them in service each day? When Emily was three, a poor man carrying a large sack stopped at the Javernier home and asked for alms. Emily emptied into his sack the portion her mother had set aside from the family table but she wept with disappointment when she saw how insignificant the offerings looked at the bottom of the sack. Emily could not be comforted until her mother permitted her to add her own small personal box of cherished possessions. Each day as our caregivers demonstrate their compassion, honor each person's dignity, work for justice, serve with excellence and live with integrity, they are following in Emily's footsteps. we pray we might each recognize the influence we have on others and through our own lives we might love fully so as to bring greater awareness and service to those faced with poverty illness and isolation we carry on this heritage through our words and actions it's a living heritage which began with emily's vision and it's carried forward into our time Every time we see and respond to the needs of our community, this mission of ours is made manifest in the world. It's our inspiration and our aspiration. So hear the words of the mission statement 
another time. As expressions of God's healing love, witnessed through the ministry of Jesus, we are steadfast in serving all, especially those who are poor and vulnerable. Thank you all for the many ways you're living this mission out every day. So we would love to have you share some of your insights with us by participating in the chat. We would love to have it verbal, but we're really trying to keep our reflections concise but meaningful. So we ask you to consider what inspires you about Emily's story. And I wanted to add this um, comment. This we when, when this question was posed at a recent um, home and community care, uh, new caregiver orientation, um, one of the new caregivers, uh, we asked this question of those who were on the call, and one of the new caregivers wrote in the chat, um, I believe we're going to put the quote, oh, there it is, it was in a, on the slide, poor me, not poor me. I have to tell you, I, I had never heard anyone express those words like that in that meaning, in that significance, and to hear it from a new caregiver of Providence, I was just so inspired. So just add some of your thoughts to the chat um, as we continue to tell uh, her story. So Emily is known to have said, I pray that you will always love the poor and that peace and unity be always with you. It is this love for the poor that informs the substance of our ministry. Each of us can relate to what it means to feel vulnerable. The poverty of body, mind, or spirit creates a particular vulnerability. And like Emily, it is a call in our heart that responds to these needs with compassion. Emily's commitment to the poor included visiting the sick, the imprisoned, caring for the orphans and those dying of deadly disease and establishing homes for the elderly women. As we honor the legacy of Emily Gamlin, it's helpful to remember the simplicity and gift of love she shared so willingly. The story of the table of the king demonstrates so beautifully her commitment to the dignity of every person through hospitality, inclusivity, love, and compassion as she welcomed the stranger to her table. Each morning, Emily went to mass and then to visit someone who was both sick and poor. In the afternoon, basket on arm, she went to visit again. But it was by no means entirely through the contents of her basket that she gained the affection of these people. It was her kindness and her sympathy that won their hearts and brought them comfort. As word of her generosity spread, more and more persons came to receive her bounty. Emily seated those who came to her at the table of the king, and there she waited on them. She herself cooked the food, and the guests ate and washed the dishes they had used. The servants had complained about these favored friends of Mademoiselle Tavernier and said they were dirty and made too much work. So Emily took on all the work herself, sweeping and cleaning the room every day. Emily recognized Jesus in the face of the poor. She modeled her life after Jesus's ministry. As we share in celebrating the table of the king and remember the influence of the foundress of the Sisters of Providence. We particularly hold up 
those who've been serving in our ministries. Sharing a meal recognizes our human need for care and companionship. This foundation for our well-being includes the need to come together to share our lives and share fellowship. So what is the symbolism of sharing a meal? We know that sharing a meal is woven throughout scripture. Jesus often used meals to engage with people and teach important lessons. Jesus' example provides an opportunity to invite friends, outcasts, and even enemies to join in community and know God's love. This radical inclusivity and accompaniment is foundational to our mission and the tradition that informs it. So some might wonder, why do we tell these stories every year? We all know the power of storytelling, both personally and in stories of our families, and most certainly for religious communities of the Sisters of Providence, as well as the Sisters of St. Joseph, from which many of our ministries were established. In the Hopes and Aspirations document for Providence Ministries, the Sisters of Providence wrote the following. We hope you will continue to embrace and tell these stories of those who have gone before us. Women like Blessed Emily Gamlin, Mother Joseph, Mother Bernard, Venerable Mary Potter, and those other religious women, <clears throat> as well as laymen and women who've inspired us and on those shoulders we stand. These are our ancestors. Honor them and let others know them so they too can draw inspiration from their lives. So what does Emily's life tell us? It speaks of a God who strengthens a person to do more than she ever thought was possible. Every day we see heroic examples of service inside of our ministries to meet clinical, social, and spiritual needs of our patients and participants and community members. Sister Barbara Shamer, a sister of Providence, shares the following in the Providence St. Joseph Heritage video, and we respond. Emily was a laywoman for 43 years. She was a Sisters of Providence for only seven years. This is the great legacy she leaves for all of our lay people in Providence who continue the mission. The life of Emily, Emily Tavernier Gamelin, foundress of the Sisters of Charity of Providence, is a fascinating record of one, rose from the depths of her human misery to turn to the mother of sorrows for comfort and courage. Her own words indicate the value of the lesson she learned, quote, on Calvary is the inexhaustible source whence we can draw the perfection of our holy state demands. Whether she was conscious of it or not, the doctrine of the mystical body of Christ was for her no mere theory. It was a vital reality that inspired her to minister to the weaker members, the poor, vulnerable, and marginalized in our community. This was the full meaning of the motto of her institute, which says, the charity of Christ impels us. Such has been the outcome of a spirit which began with the disbursement of alms and food from her own kitchen, her first work as a hostess at the Table of the King. In a book entitled The Table of the King, Archbishop of Seattle Thomas Conley wrote the foreword, which included some of his reflections on the life of Emily Gamlin, and I'd like to share a few of them with you. He wrote, 
Emily's life clearly transcended the normal average of human influence from which we can learn the true lessons of life. God's works are frequently manifested by the seeming inability of the instruments used. Simplicity masked her greatness of soul, her foresight, and her courage. There is light and shadow in Emily Gamlin's life, bright lights and dark shadows, joy and sorrow, work and hardship, patience and toil, prayer, tireless prayer and love, a great love that is wrapped up in a supreme confidence and an abiding trust in providence. For in the loss of self, in the exhaustion of our energies, there is a complete fulfillment. And that is our hope for all our people, that even in the exhaustion of all that is required to serve in our world today, they will feel fulfillment in their work. So we thank you for joining us for our reflection today. It's our hope that you have found inspiration in the stories of Emily Gamlin and those of our own caregivers. Um, as we celebrate the table of the King, we pray this blessing. Creator God, we thank you for this day. May our work together bless you. Thank you for the talent and wisdom that you have given to each one of us to share with one another for the common good. Let our work of providence always be your work. We ask this in your name. Amen. As we recognize the influence of Emily Gamlin and her life of service, we are inspired to emulate the values that she demonstrated in her lifetime. Provident God, whom Emily came to know early in her life, open our eyes to the light of your presence and following her example, may the poor always have a place in our lives. Provident God, you whom Emily learned to discover in daily events, the joys, the sufferings, grief, and loneliness, let us learn following her example, how to meet you and understand your love towards us, whatever happens. Provident God, you whom Emily recognized in the orphan, in the young unemployed person, in the couple experiencing problems, in the loneliness of the sick, in the poor without shelter, in the elderly without friends. Let us comfort and give our time to serve you through them, following her example. Provident God, you whom Emily discovered in the poor and marginalized, and whom she wanted to serve in being providence to them, following her example, let us always be available to help others in their need. Creator God, we celebrate this day with you. We honor the life of Emily Gamlin by our commitment to the poor and vulnerable. As we reflect on her life of compassion each day, we pray that we grow in holiness in the service of others. Amen. And so throughout the week, leaders have been celebrating the table of the king in their teams, and we encourage you to keep the story alive Share it with your family and in your own reflections as you recognize and remember the influence of Emily Gamlin in our ministries today. And in particular, if you'd like to share your own story or team story of how you're living the mission, please contact your mission leader or Scott Accord with a Hear Me Now um, with the Hear Me Now program so we can capture your story. Thank you. Mm -hmm.